welcoming to another episode of the New Yorker podcast presented by Visa. I'm your host, Olivia Landis, and this week we are joined by ESPN's Monday Night Countdown host, Susie Colbert. Susie, thank you so much for joining me. I, I can't tell you how excited I am to have you on the podcast. My pleasure. Can't wait to get started. Susie, you have been in this business quite literally since you have gone to school for broadcast journalism. And I was actually kind of reading a little bit up on who you were as a person, some of the things you've been able to accomplish. I'm very curious, what first sparked your interest in wanting to go to school at the University of Miami for broadcast? What was it that made you want to enter this field? Well, number one, I think that the University of Miami was a long way from home. I'm from outside Philadelphia. I always worked so hard in school. I think that's something that's carried over into my career my whole life. But I don't think you hear this that often that my my parents actually stressed they wanted me to go someplace where they knew I would have fun in addition to getting a good education. <laughs> and I've always, I, I love to be active and I love sports. And we were going through the, the this big book of, of colleges and universities and we thought, wow, you know, like it's it's got a little bit of everything I want. It's, it's near a big city, the weather is great. You know, I can be active outside all year long. Their, their programs and in terms of school of communication, journalism, all of that was, was really good too. So it all was, was a, a perfect fit for me. And in fact, in uh, at some point during my junior year, my father had a business trip down there. I went, I met with admissions, we did a tour of the campus, and that was the only school I applied to. Oh, I, wow. I pulled instantly. And I, I, I'm not the greatest tester. I didn't do so great on my SATs. But once I got there and my grades were, were pretty much perfect, they gave me a half tuition scholarship. So oh, wow. all those pieces fell into place. And then who knew that the Miami market was going to be one of those like really progressive and so many national broadcasters who are still on the air today came out of that market. I mean, they were a lot of the stations were just very creative in what they did. Like who knew that that was going to be really like a leader in the news industry and just a great place for me to get my start which for anybody who doesn't know, my start was, I was a producer for, a, for quite a long time. That was really the foundation of my career was as a producer. And it, it happened because I started interning at one of the local stations and, and then uh, pretty much didn't leave. <laughs> I actually had no idea that Miami was such a progressive market in the fact during that time that, you know, a lot of people from the broadcast industry that we still see today came out of that market. I actually did not know that. Why do sure. you think, why do you Even think that some, is? Uh, like uh, a lot of the magazine shows that we're so used to seeing on TV today, like magazine shows, entertainment shows, a lot of those types of formats really originated in that market. And, you know, like probably one of the biggest names for me was Katie Couric. She was, she mm -hmm. was that I was at, and there are just a number of people who are at the, the station I was at, which when I first started as an intern was the CBS affiliate in Miami and they switched to NBC. But that station produced a number of national broadcasters. Yeah, that's, wow, that's amazing. And it's funny too, because you said it was the only school that you ended up applying for. Um, I actually had a similar story too when I, so I'm from Colorado 
and I went to Colorado State and I, I majored in broadcast journalism over there. But before that, I, I really, really thought I was going to go to the University of Denver. It's the only school I applied to. And then I remember like something told me in my gut about two weeks before the application deadline, like, I think I should just apply to Colorado State. And I ended up applying, never went, never took a, um, an orientation or a, a tour, just I got accepted and something told me to just go and it ended up being a really great decision. But it's crazy because that's it's, the only school you ended up applying yeah. for. Isn't that interesting? And my, my daughter's only 12, but we were just the other day just discussing colleges and different things. And I said to her, such a big part of it really, too, is is the visit and feeling it. And does this feel like the right fit for me? Which, you know, it, it's such a shame right now that, that kids can't be out there and visiting schools because obviously that's such a huge part of the process. Yeah, it really is. Well, actually, since we are on the topic of your college days, I read that you were on the water ski team. Is that something that you were always interested in? How that, did that come about? That water skiing is a big deal in my family. It my, has always been really like, I would say my dad, who's very athletic, but it was maybe the most his most favorite thing to do in the world. And probably up until just recently, all the way through his 80s, he was still water skiing. It was just a big <laughs> so crazy. I had his water skied, and well, gee, isn't that nice that the the school I went to wound up having a ski team, actually, you know, a ski club. But we did shows. Lake uh, Little Lake Osceola is right in the middle of campus, and we did shows in the middle of campus. And there was a lake not too far from campus that we, you know, part of the club. We had the trailer and the boat, and only only. Um, those of us who had passed our certification test could drive the boat and do that. But that was just one of the perks of going to school in Miami. Yeah. But <laughs> yeah. I mean, besides the beautiful weather and everything. <laughs> oh, how many things can you get involved with different people and that kind of stuff? And, you know, the guys were cute and the activity was fun. <laughs> <laughs> love it. Well, Susie, I, I'd love to dive a little bit deeper into your career and, and really what you've done for women in this industry. You're Every time I speak to women on this podcast, I love hearing everybody's story and I love hearing the different backgrounds people come from. You've been in this industry, like I already said, since you since you graduated college and you've been able to wear so many different hats. You've been on the sideline. You've been in studio, you've been able to produce and do so many different things. How have you seen your career evolve to where you are at today? Well, you sort of touched on maybe more than anything that has allowed for the longevity, which is something I'm really the most proud of, you know, this industry in general, just because it's, it's a grind and it's competitive and for a woman and in sports. So longevity is something I'm really proud of. But I think it's the versatility and you, you cannot like understate how important the foundation of me being a producer of being behind the scenes and and learning the industry from there how important that was to the to the complete journey because i think you know there's there's always you know students or people that i mentor and they think like you somehow appear on tv and that's just not the way it is like years and years and years of doing it the right way and working really hard. And I thought just from the very beginnings of 
knowing the importance of everybody in a broadcast, all the different people that make it happen, you know, people at home see that person in front of the camera, but it's just so much more than that. And I think it's an understanding of all of that and appreciation for all of that. That's really helped the, the work ethic, obviously being able to pour yourself into it, being respectful of the subject matter, all the different sports and the people that you're going to talk to. I think all of those were the key ingredients. And then the versatility, I mean, it's really just come so handy. And initially, uh, I'm going to say when I got to ESPN, there weren't a lot of people that, that not only were reporters, but also could do sideline and host in studio. And that's really, really helped along the way to be able to kind of accommodate my life too, is what works best for right now in my life. And, and I can be involved in this, but I can also do this. And those kinds of things have just, it's just been so valuable and so helpful. Yeah, versatility is, I can speak to that too, an extremely important part of this industry. I remember when I was back in college, I learned the production side of things before I got on camera. And I learned to appreciate how to work behind the camera before getting on camera. And it, it really is true. It, it's so valuable to be versatile in this industry. But you said longe longevity with your career. And it's amazing because I actually, a few weeks ago, I was able to speak to Laura Oakman, who mm -hmm. also has been in this industry for a very long time. And that's something she spoke about too, how proud she is of the fact that she's been able to be in this industry for so long. And I would love to just hear your point of view of what goes into longevity. I know you said versatility is part of it, but how do you remain in this industry for so long while still being able to learn new things and, and try new things? What will probably be a surprise to a lot of people is from the very first time I was ever on TV until the show I did this past Monday night, there are very, very few times I'm ever on TV where I don't record it and watch it back and every single time critique myself, look for ways to, how could I have done that better? And it's something that never changed throughout all the years of doing this. And I think for most people, you're, you're your own toughest critic. I also was open to outside criticism. Uh, there have been people along the way, it always shocked me, where it's a really valuable tool to have a, you know, like a broadcast coach or that type of person come in. And, and I've had that along the way and ESPN would bring people in and, and some broadcasters weren't interested. Some broadcasters don't like to watch themselves and aren't interested in coaching. And I just think that too, that's so valuable. You never stop learning. You never stop trying to get better. And, and it's just me personally. I don't know. I don't know how to, to approach things or do things differently than like put in a thousand percent effort into whatever mm -hmm. sport it is I was covering or any particular week, a game, a matchup, studying for preparing for an interview. I just, I really only know one way to do it. And that's, you know, hundred percent all in. And every time I think like, oh, maybe I just didn't have to work quite this hard to do that. You find that one tiny little nugget along the way that like made the whole thing. And that mm -hmm. to me, it just, it constantly paid off, paid off along the way. Wow. That's, that's an incredible piece of advice too, for people who are looking to get in this industry, just always giving 110% because 
like you said, in the whether it's in the preparation, whether it's going back and and watching yourself or learning more and more about you know the team you're covering or the interview you're going to do, there always is that one detail that ends up being the reason why you felt like it was a great broadcast or a great interview, in my opinion. Anyways, that's what that's what sets you apart. If you're a player and you watch more film and then it pays off on that one play or, you know, the same for us, you know, you, how, how hard are you willing to work? What, what, what's the sacrifice? What's the dedication? Because it is, it's a, a really competitive business and, and everything about the industry constantly keeps changing and to, to stay relevant and to maintain a key position is it's not easy. Yeah. I know this is hard because, you know, you've been able to do so many things in this industry, but if you could choose a favorite memory or just a favorite time, a really fun time during your career, what were you doing? Who were you interviewing? What was it like? There's probably a few really cool things. After the Lillehammer Olympics, it was an ESPN2 show and we, we went to the White House to celebrate the Olympic team. And I got to spend the day with the, with the US ski team. And, and one thing I share about that a lot is just in terms of, and I think this is important too, just, just for women and feeling good about yourself. I always, you know, I had an athletic type of body and I don't think I ever really liked how I looked in my jeans. And I remember spending that day with the US ski team and thinking, wow, I mean, they are, they look so tough you know, and (laughs) really good. I should be proud of, you know, like more muscular legs or a more athletic build. And, and then I got to interview president Clinton at the white house at the end of the show, which, you know, anytime you can, you know, interview a president of the United States is a highlight. Yeah. That. And then, and I, I got to do a super bowl. I got to do sidelines of a super bowl, Seattle, Pittsburgh, and I had the Seahawks and it was one of those things like just the storylines of the game sort of fell to me as a sideline reporter. And John Madden made a, a, a comment. We were all at a, a post-game party. You know, that's how sideline is supposed to be done. And that <laughs> meant so much. But like that was my Super Bowl. You know, you don't know if you're going to yeah. get it. I, I got to be on the field and I got to to be a part of all of that. So I would say, you know, those are just a, a couple of things along the way. But, the, you know, the, the, the Saints, their return to the Superdome after Katrina was mm-hmm. unbelievable, powerful and emotional to, to be a part of that. Just a, there's just a few of the really cool things. I'm sure there's so many. It's probably hard to choose from. But <laughs> yeah. as we wrap up, before I let you go... Um, like we already talked about, you said you've been able to do so many things in this industry and it really started with production firsthand. Yeah. N- now that you are, you're just so well established in your career and, and you're able to do one of the most watched shows on television when it comes to football and, and you're really at the highest stage there can be in broadcast. What do you hope to accomplish in the remainder of your career, no matter how long you, you hope to still be in this industry? What do you hope to accomplish? Uh, I think every single week, you wouldn't believe, you know, behind the scenes, just how hard we're pushing and every week trying to reset the bar. And that's sort of the focus. You know, it's like we all don't know what's happening with this industry or even with the NFL or all of this. 
I'm so happy that this season that that the game is still being played, that we're not on the road this season on the field, but we still all get to get together and we're in a, a great studio and we're still, I think, producing really good shows. And I love being a part of the process, you know, like coming full circle is the experience as a producer helps me each week to help format the show and, and, and talk about the content that's in it. And then have a really good time delivering that show and make sure the guys who are on the set with me have fun and they're at their best. I think really right now, that's, that's really what it's all about. I think that's an incredible view too, to have in this industry and just in that position to have fun, produce the best show that you possibly can in that moment. And I don't think you can ask for much more than that. I really don't. <laughs> Susie, thank you so much for joining me for another episode of the New Yorker podcast presented by Visa. I've been so excited to have you on this podcast. You're an amazing person. I've always really looked up to in this oh, industry. Thank so you. Thank yeah, you thank so you for your time. Really enjoyable. Thanks. There we have it, ladies and gentlemen, another episode of the New Yorker podcast presented by Visa. Very exciting each week to have these guests come on and just be able to have really open conversations about the industry and women in general. Thank you guys for listening. Please subscribe and share as much as possible. We'll see you next week.